Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. One of the keys to, like, maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise-wise. Imagine you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress. Sonia, I did it. We completed our first 5K, which was the original challenge at the start of this. Our first goal, the Ireland Funds 5K, took place on Saturday last and loads of you listeners took part. I got a tremendous buzz out of it. But what do you think, Sonia, were the top three mistakes I made during the course of this? Now, some of these are totally absurd. You go ahead. Have have a guess. Wow. Uh, one, you had to stop and tie your shoelace. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, although You're I don't remember tying them at all. I think I just shoved them <laughs> on my feet, which is dumb as well. Go ahead. You ran, you ran around a park with lots of dogs. No, no dogs. I did run around a park. I got some slagging on social media for that. One person said that my continual lapse of the one field for my 5K was the 5K of a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not a bad way to do it because you get yourself into a bit of a groove, you know, and yeah, you that's can, you can zone out when you do that. That yeah. is exactly why I did it. I thought I'll get my fastest time if I'm not trying to navigate humps, bumps and trees and bushes. But the, yeah, I guess the, you had your supporters, you had your supporters alongside. I did. Shout and, out to uh, Tina and Mikey yeah, if anybody saw the pictures. Drinks if you needed it, probably. Yeah, I mean, the biggest the biggest mistake I made was what you'd warned me about, which was I absolutely pissed out in front <laughs> in a one man race <laughs> way too fast. Like absolutely the first people can see it in the Strava group, the the sheer <laughs> excitement in me. And I, I, like I did a, I did my first ever warm up. Usually I, I just completely take it handy on the first kilometer which is something I, I guess I've been really, really scared, like a lot of our listeners have expressed, of doing my knees in in this first month of this. And I've been looking up that I should do, you know, a proper warm up, meaning a very light run to warm up. So I did that and felt yeah, a million, a felt a mm-hmm. million dollars. Honestly, when Tina said go, I felt a million dollars. And that's probably why. I lashed out in front as fast as I did. One mistake I made, Sonia, and I don't know, we'd never discussed this, was I decided for the first time, I guess this is again stupid, I shouldn't have changed anything. My traditional routine is to listen to podcasts while running because I believe that the, the conversation and the flow of two people back and forth is much more conducive to rhythm and not getting carried away with yourself than music. But I decided on Saturday for my first 5K 
to listen to an awesome playlist. <laughs> as a result, I got Gavin James to blame for it. Gavin James came on and I completely, like on kilometre number four, got like the joy in my heart of a man who believed he could sprint the last kilometre. I nearly had to like I'm laughing because it was just so stupid and childish uh, but I guess other people will be able to understand and relate to this I, I I nearly had to stop after that because I sprinted a good bit of it because of the music in my heart and then kind of just toddled across the line I was ashamed to put up the the actual video of me running because it is a toddle I am a bit of a toddler <laughs> We'll have to find that somewhere. We'll have to dig it out. <laughs> I'll have to go look at your splits. I just looked at the overall time. I was uh, I was busy myself, so I was just did a quick scan and I saw you were well under thirty minutes. And uh, yeah, I'll have proud to go check out. The de- I'll have to go check out the details now and see where we can help you out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's a bunch of questions that come out of it, but I'd obviously love to talk about where to next. I mean, setting goals, setting challenging goals, finding a big enough why is something we've talked about in the past. But now we're as a a listenership and myself and on the journey of this, we're now looking at it going, well, clearly you can do it. You can do this a bit. And everybody who's more advanced in running, who's listening to this knows actually, yeah, finding a goal and figuring out how to approach that is something they'd love to hear from you. So I guess the challenge today, Sonia, is to find out how do we go about setting an equally invigorating and attractive goal? And do I now need to get into a training handbook of sorts? Not totally, no. Like what what you've done now, like you've completed the goal you set out to do. So really, you've just set yourself a benchmark. So, mm. you know, it's it's just a small step along the way. <laughs> as, as, as massive as you feel it is, it's, <laughs> it's, a, small, it's a small step. So we call it a line in the sand, you know. Okay. So this is kind of, this is where you're at right now. Mm. And so what you can do is you can use this now. You can use this information to help you to do the same again, but do it better. Right. And by do it better doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, you're setting yourself a much faster time, but that you you feel better doing it and you're kind of more you know what you what you're capable of. So the next time you line up and Tina says go, you'll just set off at a pace that you know you can get to the finish line and you've even saved a little bit of energy that you can sprint across the finish line and you'll be happy to share the video. <laughs> so well, I'm glad that you bring me down to earth anyway, because, you know, there probably is a little bit of that. There probably is a little bit of a risk in that, that you, you start preparing for your first 5K or if you're a listener who's been preparing for their first half marathon or 10K is to overstress the achievement, regardless of what level of running you're at. There is an element of surviving success, right, the, that if you've placed way too much on that race, whatever distance it might be, there can be a bit of a downer afterwards, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's it's so common that, you know, you your sights are set on one thing and, you know, you've every day you're thinking how you're going to prepare best for this and then you complete it. And the next day it can be such a huge letdown because you kind of think, 
oh, was that all it was? Mm-hmm. And, you know, as excited and as kind of, you, you can feel a bit of a buzz, you know, afterwards for quite a while. But then when you realize that, oh, tomorrow is Monday and I've got to get up and start all over again, you kind of think, oh, it's just back to the same thing again. It's not like you've got this massive boost of energy that, you know, gives you extra motivation to get out the door. It take, It's going to take a few days to kind of get back into that again and to feel good again and to kind of realize that you've improved a lot from doing the race. Because when you run a fast effort like that, especially when you start off pretty fast and slow down at the end, um, <laughs> you, get, you do get a, a pretty big training effect from that. You do something that you wouldn't do when you go out for your normal run or your normal training session. And so it pushes you on a little bit Mm. so that when you break down your training now over the next few days and into the next few weeks and, you know, once we decide what's the next target, you'll start to feel better and you'll just kind of get a better feeling for how you're running. You should do anyway. And um, it may even come a bit more naturally to you and a bit more, you know, that you actually really look forward to going out and you know some days will be difficult but if there's a purpose to every run that you're going out on and some will be easy days some will be fast days some will be short some will be long then you know you've you've got the purpose to put on your shoes every day and you know exactly what you've got to do and you know it it makes you more efficient you know you you can you can use your time much more efficiently when you know exactly what you're going to do and where you're going to go and do it. Okay, right. So two things there. <laughs> um, I've been out today, right? So I before school drop uh, for Mikey, I oh, just went, you know what? We have time here between uh, 7.45 and 8.30 for me to get a quick one in, get showered and be able to drop him to school. So that's exactly what I did. I think Tina was grateful because she says I introduce an element of insanity to the house at that hour of the morning. I don't know if there's other dads that are like this. I get a bit buzzy in the morning and Mikey's much calmer going to school if I buzz off somewhere. So I did it and I, I went out and it it did. I did feel that bounce that you're talking about, the, that the, the super exertion of Saturday made the trot that I usually do now quite, quite simple. Right. It it felt that was nothing. And I got in the shower afterwards and it didn't feel the same way as it did before. So, first of all, that's great. My my next instinct as somebody who used to play sport at a high enough level was to go to a day. Now, is that crazy? Am I mad that my my my. Uh, is that just proper male ego brain kicking in there going, I could do two of those runs so I could. <laughs> it's, oh, not, it's not necessary. <laughs> it's not necessary. But uh, would I would I be mad to go for another run this evening? Well, I don't know why you would, really. Um, you, it really wouldn't. Well, you'd be better off. Like I was thinking about this before. You know, there's more to running than just running. And um, I mean, the only people I know who run twice a day are people who are training for the Olympics and the World Championships. And when, when I finished that level of training, I was so relieved not to have to run twice a day right. because 
it just kind of tied me in. You know, you couldn't go anywhere. You always had to get back for that second run. But you've obviously got nothing else to do today. I'm really starting to appreciate the little digs you throw in <laughs> in every episode. <laughs> Um, it's not that I don't but, have anything to I mean, do, I, but I'm sure that I, there's other listeners that feel this, that there's a part of you that thinks like I'm I am loving it. I'll be honest with you. I'm, I am really loving it. And the thing we mentioned in episode one was the meditative quality of it is something that I'm really digging at the moment that I'm not just going out and thinking about. Oh, this kilometre in this time, this kilometre in this time, this circuit, even just it's more the headspace of it that I I'm loving that. So maybe you're maybe I need to just cherish that a bit more and do more of this stuff, as you're saying, that is about running, but isn't running. So what would you recommend yeah. I do with that? Those I mean, extra I calories? See, I think what I mean, what you could do is you could head off down to the park and you see there's more to running than just running and if you only run then you're going to find a few weaknesses and then you're likely going to get injured and that's you know we've always said we don't that's what we definitely don't want to get injured because mm. that stops you in your tracks so you could possibly think about a few exercises like strength and conditioning exercises that would be in line with helping you to be a better runner and to build up all those small muscles that we talked about before like your core muscles the things that kind of keep you more stable and running in a straight line mm. now it's kind of hard to tell you how to do this you know without showing you i can just find out what's five basic exercises that would be, are good for runners okay. um, like i i know lots of different ones and i do things that i like to do every now and then i get someone to show me different ones because you know, if you do the same ones all the time, then you're only exercising the same muscles all the time. And there's still a few get left behind and they just, just you know. OK, so these they, five they basic exercises, right? I would yep. last year, I probably threw myself into hot yoga like a madman from the 17th of August onwards and completely got devoted to it uh, to the point where I was like four to five 90 minute sessions a week. And it was who has joy but it's obviously out the window now <laughs> I, I'm absolutely amazed among all the madness that is Britain right now in terms of the things that are open and the things that are not the people wearing masks that should be wearing masks and the people that aren't hot yoga studios being open is one of the most batshit crazy elements of all of this and I miss it terribly but what I'm trying to say is are the five exercises you're mentioning, could I just do yoga and achieve the exact same things? Oh, you possibly could. You, that would be more stretching, though. So, yeah, I mean, it would be no harm doing yoga. If you have a yoga routine that you know and that you're comfortable with, then that would be something that you can do on those days when you want to go for a run twice. Mm. So I think what we need to do now, I think we need to look at maybe writing you down a little program for running and, and just we'll give you something. share that so in how the Strava days? group for anybody yes. that's looking yeah, for I it. Think we should, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think, you know, the, the thing that you've, what you've done now is you've got yourself to a position where you're fit enough and able to run 5K, but now you're ready to train to run it better. Okay. And, 
you know, as I said before, that doesn't mean faster. That just means that you're actually better at doing it and you're more confident doing it because of the work that you do leading up to it. So in in order to do that, we need to know how many days a week you're going to run. And you only need to run once and you don't have to run every day. Okay, so I would say I would go, uh, I would try and keep one day off, but go six of the seven. Yeah. Okay, well, that's like you've got a lot, a lot of days to play with there. So you could even do five, you could, what you can do is set up a program for five days and then you can throw in an extra day because some weeks you can probably do six and then some maybe you can't. Okay. And that sixth day would always be just a very easy day. And we'll just arrange the days so that each day you'll be doing something a little bit differently. Okay, okay. And um, it'll, definitely jazz, thing, it'll definitely jazz things up a bit for you. Yeah, because I really be, like the sound of that thing you said about having purpose to each each run. And I I bet there's other people that struggle with that too, because it can feel just a bit like more running, you know, for all the, you know, as I say, the meditative qualities and the, you know, the joy I take from that. On the days when it's hard, um, having that purpose will get you out the out the door, as we've said before. What kind of purposes are we talking about when you say we'll mix it up, give each run a different reason? Well, you'll still have those days where you get that meditative stuff, where you just go out for an easy run and you can zone off or mm. listen to podcasts, whatever you want to do. And then the, the other days where you'll do a little bit of a warm up jog like you did before your 5K. And then you might stop and stretch a bit and you'll have a a section of park or road that's, you know, pretty safe, not too much people in the way or dogs or Mm -hmm. cars or anything like that. So a nice, a nice park is always a good, I would always, you'd run to a park and then you would do something like you might do eight times one minute. So you do one minute fast, then one minute walk and jog, one minute fast, one minute walk and jog. That's just one example, but there's lots of different things that you can do. And they'd be at a, a specific pace based on your 5K from the weekend. So I'll have a look at your time. I'll look at the pace that you should run for a slow run, for a faster run. For a, Now, here's a new one for you, a threshold run. Like, that's okay. that's a key. Threshold is like, that's a very technical term now. Okay, explain it. Um, but that's, you're, so you're operating at a rate that's, it's faster than your normal running, but it's not as fast as you're racing or you're or going as fast as you can. So it's about an 85% effort. And it really helps to make you efficient at running for longer distances. Okay, meaning yeah. if we do a threshold run, what would that look like? So are you saying that the eight fast, eight one minute walk, jog type things, the fast refers to a threshold run? It will in some but then in others, it won't. So the longer ones, like if you were doing three minute efforts, that would be more like threshold pace. But if you're doing one minute or 30 second efforts, then you might go at 5k pace. Okay. But we need to work out what those paces are. Now, when you're running along, can you look at your watch? I know you have an Apple watch. Can you see what pace you're going at any given time? Can you yeah. set it up so that you can just look down and Yeah, she that? tells me every kilometer oh. uh, what <laughs> What's I'm her name? doing. <laughs> I think her name is Siri. Uh, I don't know. Siri's on the watch as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're not a fan of Apple Watches. We we will, as I, I do in a 
hint to this to the listeners that we're going to do in the coming weeks an episode specifically on the technology of running and the technology surrounding it. So that's a, a whole nother argument to get into. And we'd love to hear from you on that. If you've got an item of technology that you feel like nobody knows about. I mean, Sonia last week recommended this brilliant roller from a fella in Limerick that uh, I got messages about afterwards. Um, get in touch with us. It's easy. Irish podcast at gmail.com. But yes, to answer your question, she will tell me every kilometer what I ran it in and what my overall time is. Right. So do you have your, your headphones in then so it speaks Always. in your ear? So Always. All yeah. oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're listening to a podcast or something, she'll come in over the top of that. She will interrupt it. Yeah. Can you believe that? I think we need to, I think we need to give her a better name than Siri. <laughs> I mean, um, like, uh, uh, there's, there's Peg always, or something like Peg. that. <laughs> Let's call her Peg. <laughs> I'm happy with that. Peg will tell me. OK, so, Sonia, you're going to look at and assess my activity on Strava. And as I said to the listeners, you are all welcome to join Strava.com forward slash Irishman Abroad for all of this inside info. And if, of course, you're a patron of the show on Patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad, you'll get even more, including the stretches that Sonia's mentioned and the extra exercises. But if somebody doesn't have you going through all of their activity, what should one look at if they are trying to prepare a program like the one you're preparing for me? Well, basically, you have to get your time um, of your 5K is a good idea. It's a good way of doing it. So that's kind of where you're at right now. Right. And, you know, when you're, set, when you're setting a target for yourself, you have to work at your current form, you know, yep. not where you'd like to be. Okay. You know, most people think, oh, I, I would like to run, you know, 20 minutes for 5K is one that people love that. But they're only fit enough to run 25 at the moment. Mm-hmm. So, you know. There's a chance they could get to 20, but it's going to take a bit of time. And so you can't train as if you're running 20 minutes today. Um, you've got to slowly, you know, you've got to train at 25 minute pace. And then when you get good at that, then you decrease, you increase the pace down to maybe 23 minute pace. Gotcha. And so you, you're, you're kind of gradually adapting your ability, you know, over time. And, and you'd be surprised, you know, you know, where people can come from and get to. It's fascinating, you know, because pe- like yourself, people, they just get addicted to it. And, mm. you know, when you see progress, it's positive feedback and positive feedback is something that people thrive on. And, you know, running is probably one of the simplest and most basic and easiest ways of getting that if you're, if you're willing to put in the work. I mean, and as we look at perhaps the return of a lockdown, I mean, it is crazy to think it's possible or that maybe I don't know what to make of it but it's increasingly looking like this will be the exercise of choice of anybody who is now again forced not to go to a gym so people can look at this program that you do up for me and probably draw their own conclusions from that as to what they should do for themselves I was delighted this week Sonia to see that you were in the Strava group answering questions from uh, listeners directly which is the dream here (laughs) loads of people buzzing off their heads the idea that they got their question answered by you directly but that's one of the other lovely aspects of the Strava app and community there and like I say I do need to say this again the support and the 
good feeling and the kudos element of all of this has been the thing that's blown me away the most. Just the goodwill among runners. And maybe it's just Irishmen abroad listeners and runners. But then I'm meeting strangers out who are just so kind and cool when you oh, meet no, there's, them. There's great. The, the running community is very, very welcoming, very positive and and very encouraging, you know, to new runners. So mm. um, I think, you know, it's it's worldwide, you know, and people I think now, especially people are realizing there's all level of runner. And, you know, it's great to have such a, a growing community all the time. And, you know, the the lockdown and the situation we find ourselves in has definitely helped that a lot, I think, because it's one of the easiest things for people to do is to, you know, run out their door if they have to. And particularly if they're restricted in how far they can run out their door. Well, I did warn you uh, when we started doing this, that occasionally I was going to want to take a trip down memory lane with you. It so happens that last week I recorded maybe the most nostalgic episode of Irishman Inside Basketball that I've ever recorded. The legendary, the Hall of Fame writer, Jack McCallum sat down with me for an hour, who, of course, is a legend of Sports Illustrated, particularly during the 90s. He has written this incredible book, Dream Team, and it has a accompanying podcast called The Dream Team Tapes, which is essentially all the research that went into writing that book. So you're talking about hours and hours and hours of incredible interviews with Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, and his journey to the 1992 Barcelona Olympics. And it was only as I was prepping the artwork, the uh, accompanying information and preparing to launch season two of that Irishman Abroad podcast that I realised, flipping hell, Sonia was there. You were at the 1992 (laughs) Olympics when the dream team were there. Now, for a basketball nut like myself, this is like as close to Jesus as possible. Do you have any memory of that and of the whole whirlwind of interest that was in basketball at that Olympics? Or were you just locked in? I do remember the hype around it and the talk about it. And I remember there was a sighting, you know, if you got a sighting of Magic Johnson or, you know, you know, it wasn't it wasn't difficult to sight any of the basketball team because they stood out. You know, they were so tall and mm. above everybody else. I don't believe they stayed in the village, but I think they did visit the dining hall, you know. And, of course, they probably visited once and then said, no, we've had enough of that <laughs> because yeah. they were, you know, so well known and, you know, superstars, you know. I suppose, across the eyes of the world, the athletes of the world, you know, mm. they were definitely um, heroes to a lot of those people. But that was kind of part of the attraction. You know, it was a bit like having movie stars, I suppose, in your, you know, in your in your dining room when yeah. they came in. In fact, Jack um, actually well, talks about I, this in the thing that he said that they there was never a question of them staying at the Olympic Village, that he, he said that it was already agreed that they'd stay at this swanky hotel downtown. And then there was the question that they wouldn't even march in the parade because there was a fear that the parade would descend into anarchy, (laughs) that the other athletes would swarm them and look for autographs. When did you, they obviously did march in the parade. Michael Jordan didn't. Where did you have your sighting and was it confirmed? Yes, well, I would have spent a lot of time with um, Frank O'Mara and Marcus O'Sullivan at the time. And um, Frank, you know, who would be very alert and aware of these things, he, he 
he pointed them out to me because you know I I would have been lost in my own little running world. Yeah. And um, but it was one of those things that you know you kind of thought if you're at the Olympics, you would be able to go and see mm. you know some of the dream team play, and it it was definitely a huge big deal at the time. But it was impossible, you know. There was just there was no tickets available for, you know, anyone except they were very exclusive, and and it was the same down through all the Olympics. It was always very popular. I remember in London to to get in and see the American basketball team. It was, you know, if it was like a golden ticket if people could get in there. I don't even know how people got tickets for that, but it was all talk. And uh, you know, I, I don't think I ever met anybody who went to those games. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> It was Jack Nicholson and the likes in the stands. Uh, when you go back and look at the footage, I obviously had a blast preparing for that episode and it'll it'll be out very, very soon. People won't be disappointed. And of course, I do recommend you listen to Jack's podcast. But when I went back through your autobiography there this week, just had a browse through in terms of goal setting the subject that we're talking about today. You had an amazing passage in it about post Athens the change coming about in you in terms of the selfishness and the locked inness uh, that you've just mentioned, that after Athens, you stopped actually creating the running programs that you've mentioned here already yourself and that you turned into more someone who followed the directions and enjoyed that element of it because it allowed you to clock in and clock out. Do you remember writing that, first of all? And second of all, is that something that we as casual runners can embrace with this idea of a program? I'm not sure if I wrote it like that. I kind of I know what you're talking about. Like you give the responsibility of the training program to somebody else. So then you just do what you're told. Mm. But, you know, I, I kind of always had somebody do that for me throughout my whole career. Like right. I was, yeah, no, I didn't ever do a training program myself just I do that now a bit more mm. and and even now I've kind of handed over the reins to a friend of mine to give me stuff to do every week because you kind of think you do the things that you like to do and <laughs> yeah. um, I think I mentioned this to you before and then you kind of forget the things that you don't like things like you know sprinting up hills and long runs um, <laughs> you know at a certain pace so, you know, I've kind of handed it over to a friend of mine now and he just sends me a little schedule every week. And the, the only difference is that I would interpret it probably as I know how to interpret it. And and that's a big part of having a training program is, you know, it's not just like um, distances and times written on a piece of paper, but it's how you interpret that in relation to how you're feeling and you know, what, what you're trying to achieve. Because sometimes you do have to adjust it a little bit. And so when you're training at a very high level, it becomes very important to have a coach watching you because, you know, you can go out there and try and match the times that they set you to run. Or even most of the time, most athletes would try to beat the times that they're set to run. Mm. Um, but that's not always the purpose of the session. And so it's always a good idea to have a coach on the sideline or someone that you report back to and they give you the feedback of, you know, if you need to slow down or pick it up or whatever it is you need to do I to um, adjust because, you know, you don't see this thing yourself. You just see faster and further and, 
you know, you think more is better, whereas sometimes less less is equally as good too. It can help you to progress more. I hope I haven't opened up the floodgates for you, Sonia. We have every every member of the Strava group now going, Sonia, what do you think of this program? But, you know, I, I do think, though, that people are appreciating all of this advice and appreciating having you as some sort of a coach. I know for me, it's been a game changer and I've loved every second of it. And we do need an end of month event. So with that in mind, I have tentatively taken the steps to kind of earmark the final Saturday of every month for our run of some sort connected to the podcast and our chosen charity partner, Jigsaw.ie, who are an incredible uh, youth mental health charity back in Ireland, providing workshops across communities for young people who, you know, we all remember how hard it was to be a young person. Imagine what they're going through right now while Jigsaw are doing so much work across all communities to equip young people with the mental health skills they'll need to survive this. And, you know, it makes sense, as we said in episode one, that this is really helping my mental health, Sonia, to be totally honest. So it makes sense from that perspective and from the perspective, as we've talked about, of building. So each month, the run that I have in my head at the end of the month will get a little bit longer. How does that sound to you that each month our event connected to the podcast is a fraction longer? Is that a good way of going about this? Well, I think the next one, maybe you should stick with 5K. Right. And we'll, do one it. On the 26th. I, think do, I think you need to do a 5K that you know exactly what you're going to do and how you're going to run it. And you're kind of, yeah, I think you should prepare for it differently mm. and then see how how different you feel whether that's good or bad i mean hopefully it'll be good okay but um yeah you won't know till we do it so right. i think you should stick with 5k but with some runs with a bit more purpose now that you know you can comfortably cover the distance okay well, and you're well able to get under 30 minutes yeah and this one is is screeching up upon us obviously the i think you're right the 26th is this saturday coming so i'll just go out and follow your direction based on oh, the right, program so you're going to go yeah, I think so you're going to do it for this weekend. Yeah, I think so, because, you know, we yeah. start as we mean to continue. And obviously the mm -hmm. following month, we'll we'll keep it at 5K again until we're absolutely 100 percent comfortable and then move up. Yeah, no, I think what you should do this week is I think you should do the 5K at threshold pace. And I'll set that for you. OK, <laughs> and scary. Then, yeah, that won't it won't be very it'll, be, it'll probably be slower than what you've done. OK. And you, so you just go out and so you're running a comfortably hard 5K rather than a let me see how fast I can go 5K. OK. Because it's a bit like, you know, if you go out and try and run your PB every weekend, then you're probably going to be disappointed. So mm -hmm. I think you need to run a 5K at a fast enough pace that you feel that you're pushing yourself and you're getting a lot of benefit from it. But you know that there's more there. You know you can go harder when you have to. And so by doing that, you're kind of putting you're putting stuff in the bank that you can call on down the track. And I think we should try and like we, before we decide what date to have, you know, our run, mm -hmm. like if it was normal times, we'd probably be looking at different events around the place or maybe even park runs wherever you're living. So I think we should there's lots of these virtual events around the place at the moment. So it's always nice to kind of. I suppose link in with 
other people who are doing a similar thing. Mm. And then we might pick up a few more people who are, you know, doing the same thing as well, but in another little bubble and, you know, bring them in as well to share. Sounds cool. Um, I, I love doing. it. Love it. And again, uh, more of the community aspect of all of this. I will get to work on the back end and the kind of the link up of the Strava uh, jigsaw runs and maybe we will put it back to uh, mental health uh, week in Ireland which is in October and we'll we'll set that up for the end of October and in the meantime I'll get my threshold 5k from you for this week I really am loving the chat Sonia thank you so much for taking the time to do this that's it for this week and we'll be back with more next week maybe we should do that tech episode next next time round uh, so it's easy to contact us irishmanabroadpodcast at gmail.com or directly through the Strava group strava.com forward slash irishmanabroad or get access to absolutely everything including a lot of other athletic episodes including Dervil O'Rourke Eamon Coughlin Ronnie Delaney all available in our archive over at patreon.com forward slash irishmanabroad my thanks to Brian Connolly for production Tina and Mikey for cheering me on last week and all of you for reaching out and of course Sonia Sullivan absolute pleasure as always Sonia have a good week take it handy you absolutely burned the candle at both ends this weekend <laughs> what did you do Let's just before yeah, we, we go get, explain we did, to we people what you did this weekend <laughs> yeah it, just, just before we go this is madness what you're getting up to at the weekends walk people through what you did um, well, I suppose I did a triathlon on the weekend, but I, it was across two days, so it's not that bad. But, yeah, no, you see, there's so many virtual runs out there that, as well as our Ireland Funds 5K, I had also promised a good friend of mine, Brendan Foster, that I would do the virtual Great North Run, which was actually last weekend. But I was doing a real run last weekend at the East Cork Cross Country, so I had to postpone my virtual Great North Run. So I did the... Uh, and it was quite funny because, um, well, on Saturday, I couldn't do anything Saturday because I had arranged to do a swim around the lovely Sandy Cove Island in West Cork, just outside Kinsale. Mm. And it's about 2K to get around and back in. And it was pretty rough sea down there. It was a strong easterly wind causing some <laughs> Yeah, you sent me a video. It looked terrifying. Oh, it was actually quite frightening out there. But, you know, it's one of those things that you set, you decide you're going to do it and you're committed to it. A bit like running, once you commit to an event, you, you're going to do it. But, you yeah, know, I would consider myself more a land-based person. Um, <laughs> but I do, I do take on these swimming challenges sometimes. Yeah, I was with a friend of mine. <laughs> there was a group actually from the Cove Triathlon Club went down there. But a couple of us set off different times because we didn't want to get cold. And that's, you know, I, I get very cold out there. So he said, OK, we'll just keep going with this swim. And you have a bit of a chat about, you know, what it's going to be like out there. And, you know, the last instruction I got before sticking my head in the water was just keep your head in the water and keep swimming. <laughs> <laughs> Once we go around that corner and you commit you've got to keep moving forward <laughs> or what and that is all i was thinking that's terrifying um, <laughs> <laughs> well i suppose you know there's a confidence in the person you're with that you know they know you're actually capable of doing this but mm. it, there is a fear factor and you know you can get a bit freaked out if you get a wave of water yeah, in your yeah, mouth yeah. and you have to pop up for air and you do a bit of the breaststroke and you look around like a seal you know <laughs> look where do i go next <laughs> 
But the then, worst. you know, it's head in the water and keep going. But that was after doing a 70 kilometer cycle in the morning, which was just, you know, because it's kind of nice to do something in the morning. And, and there's, there's, there's me, chance. there's me thinking I'm 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 the great lad thinking about going for a second run. <laughs> I mean, yeah, th- you know, you, there's always a chance a swim will get cancelled because, you know, course, if the weather yeah, changes. Yeah. So it's nice to have something done. But that was the all in the lead up to my big Sunday. And I'd managed to rope in one local lad here to join me for the run. And he had no idea what he was in for. I didn't say how far we were going or how fast we were going. So in my mind, I was doing a half marathon. And then at some point, I was going to lap in my Ireland funds. To throw that in there, yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, when you do that, you tend to pick up the pace a little bit. And um, (laughs) we were running in um, Cork. It was fantastic. We went over on the ferry from Cove over to Glenbrook. And you can run up through Passage west and you head for um there's an old railway line um, that goes up to parky Cueve. then you loop around and come back down by the black rock castle and then cross over to water again and head back down to passage to catch the ferry but when we were on the final 5k down and i'd lap my watch and the pace started to pick up a little bit and we went past a girl on the path and um then she started to try and keep up with us <laughs> So you know what happened then. <laughs> I I just kept picking the pace up. <laughs> no, there's nobody can keep up with us out here today. <laughs> Jesus. And my friend who was with me, he kind of looked over at me and he, he didn't know that this was going on. And he said to me, um, geez, we're, we're picking up the pace a bit there, are we? <laughs> I said, oh, we'll be grand. We'll be grand. Once we get to 20K, we'll, we'll do an easy last 1K. <laughs> <laughs> but that that wasn't the end of it. So we finished anyway at the Garda station in Passage West. I said, come on, we'll, we'll finish at the Garda station. And then we kind of jogged easy around the corner. And as we came around the corner, the ferry back to Cove was just pulling in. <laughs> and we said, are we going to make it? <laughs> so we had to go burst into a sprint to catch the ferry. <laughs> to make the ferry. Oh, Lord. Oh now they God. go back and forth. This poor lad must have been absolutely clutching his heart at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the funniest thing, you know, you you run down the ramp and, you know, I have visions of, you know, when you see these movies and the yeah, car yeah, yeah. comes down the ramp and, you know, the ferry's pulling out and <laughs> it's the car is like James Bond movies. And, um, yeah, Making so the we, jump. we come screeching around the corner, waving to the driver in the ferry <laughs> to wait for us. <laughs> And then you get on there and then you know you've done something. Your hands on your knees and you're, <laughs> you can't even talk. You're so tired. <laughs> and in the meantime, you realize it's actually wasn't pulling away. You've got another 10 minutes. You didn't need to run. That's yeah. what usually happens to me. Uh, Sonia, great crack. Great chat. Thank you so much for this this week. I really, really enjoyed it. And uh, look, take care of yourself and stay safe. OK, and I'll write you up a little program and we'll, we'll see how you get on over the week. Brilliant. Thanks okay. a lot, Sonia. Talk to you then. All the best.